two passages that I'd like to look at briefly this morning, two examples from the life of our Lord Jesus Christ, um, one from the Gospel of Matthew chapter 8, and then we'll end up in John chapter 11. Um, and so if you have your Bibles and can look in Matthew chapter 8 with me to start, Jesus is just done preaching um, the sermon that's in our scriptures, uh, Matthew's chapter 5, 6, and 7, called the Sermon on the Mount. And when he was done preaching that, a large group of people followed him, but one notable person came up to him in particular. Um, As we look into this passage and then jump to John chapter 11, and I think about uh, our purposes here and what this particular time of prayer is primarily, not exclusively for, but primarily we're praying for revival, right? We're praying for revival both in our own individual hearts and in the hearts of people at large, large groups of people. And that's what revival is. It's God basically doing on a large scale what he does in individual hearts most of the time. I've never been alive to see revival personally. I've read lots about it. And I'm thankful for this group that is dedicated this time an hour each day to get online worldwide and pray for that in particular. When you think of revival and you think of the idea that revival comes from faith and you want to define faith, there's a lot of ways from the scripture that we can define faith. It's like a pie that's made up of a lot of ingredients. You say faith is this, faith is that, and we could all use scripture passages to define what faith is. I think for my purposes this morning, um, looking at these examples, is I would like to look at it a little more subjectively and just ask, what does faith feel like? Uh, Not always. Sometimes faith feels like confidence. Sometimes faith feels like joy. Sometimes faith feels like peace. And it's hard to distinguish these things. But for our purposes this morning and thinking specifically of praying for revival, I'd like to come at it from this angle and say, faith feels like desperation. Faith feels like desperation. When we think about revival, we're thinking about God doing something that only God could do through primarily supernatural means. That's what revival is on a large scale. And I want to look at this individual person as an example of faith feeling desperate in this leper that Jesus Uh, comes across on his way down from the mountain. It says in John chapter, or Matthew, excuse me, Matthew chapter 8, verse 1, when he came down from the mountain, great crowds followed him, and behold, a leper came to him and knelt before him, saying, Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. I sense and hear a great cry of desperation there. We don't have to go into all the horrors of what it was to be a leper in that day and age. The isolation, the sentence of death, the discouragement, the abandonment, and everything that this man was feeling on a regular basis. And here's his one chance to come to somebody who seems to be bigger than his problems. And that is Jesus. And he says, Lord, I know that if you want to, you could make me clean. Lord, if you wanted to, you could do this. I think that's a prayer of faith. Lord, if you want to, you could do this. Lord, if you wanted to revive the whole world, you could do this. 
I know you could. We know you could. We know that you're not limited. We know that you're all powerful. And in this particular instance, Jesus stretched out his hand in verse three and touched him saying, I will, I want to be clean. And immediately his leprosy was cleansed. What an awesome story. I think it would be a mistake, though, to impose this on every prayer request and expect the answer like this every time. A lot of times we pray, God, if you wanted to, you could do this. And God says, no, not right now. Wait. There are a lot of answers. One example now is in John chapter 11. In John chapter 11, one of Jesus' best earthly friends, Mary, Martha, and Lazarus, their brother, um, was sick and getting ready to die, it seemed. And so Mary and Martha, his sisters, sent urgent, desperate word to Jesus in verse 3, Lord, he whom you love is ill. He whom you love is ill, Lord. There's nothing we can do. There's nothing the doctors can do. There's nothing any person can do. But you can, if you want to, you could. And it says that when Jesus heard this in verse 6, he stayed two days longer in the place where he was. With the man with leprosy, he healed him immediately. With one of his closest earthly friends, he waited for two days, long enough for him to die. And so Lazarus did die. And when he gets there eventually to Bethany in verse 21, when he shows up in John chapter 11, verse 21, Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. If you wanted to be here, you could have bet you could have healed him. Sense the desperation in there. They knew that God was Sovereign. They knew that Jesus was God, sovereign in human flesh, that he could have done this. In verse 32, verse 32, Mary came to Jesus where he was and saw him. She fell at his feet, saying to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Why didn't you want to heal him? Why? The Leper, back in Matthew chapter 8, saw Jesus immediately work with compassion. I will be clean. And immediately he was clean in verse 3. Mary and Martha come, and Jesus waits. And when he gets there, they said, Lord, why weren't you compassionate? You could have done this if you wanted to. And for some reason, Jesus didn't want to heal Lazarus from his sickness at that point. Sometimes Jesus acts in obvious, evident, immediate compassion, and sometimes he waits. Sometimes he lingers. Sometimes he prolongs. Now, is our faith going to continue to feel like desperation, even when we don't get the immediate answer we want? And praying for revival usually takes a long time, maybe days, weeks, months, years, decades. 
If it were to take centuries, if God were to answer our prayer for revival and he were to tarry and he were to answer these prayers a hundred years from now, when our great grandchildren are our age, is it worth praying for it now? Are we desperate enough to pray for this, even if it doesn't immediately impact us, even if Jesus waits? Well, I think so. And prayer, whether it's going to be immediate in its answer or prolonged in its answer, feels like desperation. So it is good for us to meet, to desperately call out to the Lord over and over and over and over and over again. And then to trust his sovereignty. Lord, if you want to, you could do this. To trust his compassion. We see from the example in the Matthew chapter 8 with the leper that he was compassionate. I want to be healed. We see from the story of Lazarus and many of the verses we're not taking time to read that Jesus wanted to do what they needed, but he waited. So, what makes the difference? Why does Jesus sometimes answer immediately? And why does Jesus sometimes wait? And I find great encouragement in this answer in John chapter 11 and verse 4. When Jesus initially heard the urgent request of Mary and Martha that, Lord, he whom you love is ill, Jesus says this, this illness does not lead to death. It is for the glory of God, so that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Now, on the surface of it, that looks a little confusing because Lazarus did die. The point is, that's not the point. The point is, what is God doing here? Why is God doing what he is doing? Why have we been praying for over a year at 10 o'clock Mountain Standard Time on Zoom for God to do a worldwide work of revival, and he hasn't yet. Well, because he doesn't want to, because he's got something bigger in mind. And what is that? Well, it's always, God always does what glorifies him the most, even if that means Lazarus has to die. He always does that. And faith not only trusts God's sovereignty and trusts God's compassion, it trust God's wisdom to act in our best interest and in the best interest of his glory being most widely broadcasted in this world. You see something of a revival. It says in John chapter 11 and verse 45, many of the Jews, therefore, who had come with Mary and had seen what he did, believed in him. So you see Jesus doing in the hearts of a many in a revival-like fashion, what he does in the heart of one when he regenerates and brings them to saving faith and helps them to see what they could never see otherwise because of spiritual blindness, because of spiritual death. So faith is desperate dependence on God over and over and over and over again, trusting that God, he knows, he's sovereign, He's compassionate, and he will always provide the answer that brings him the most glory and his people the most good. And faith trusts that, even though it keeps on feeling that sense of urgent 
dependency on God to do what only God could do, coming to him over and over and over and over and over again, and then waiting to see him do what only he can do, not only what he can do, but in the best way, in the best possible timing for the best possible amount of his glory and our good. So we keep on praying. Don't get discouraged because we're not seeing immediate answers to prayer all the time for worldwide or even localized works of revival. Keep praying, please keep praying. Whether you're the leper or you're the brother and sister of a man who's dying or has died, keep praying, keep praying. God bless you. And I have to sign off early a bit today, so I can't be on until the end. But I want to say again, every time I'm able to be on this call, it's such an encouragement to hear your desperate cries. Keep desperately crying out in faith to God and trust him to answer these requests in his own way, in his own time, because he's going to do it the best way possible. Thank you.